Good morning. So we had fun last night. We did a comedy show in a funeral home, which is always a great experience. You know, funeral homes, they are in stiff competition these days. So we feel like we just give them a little boost over there. It was fun. We're going to have fun tonight. We're going to have a special service tonight here that uh, I'm looking forward to. I just want to first start by saying City Church is an amazing church. You are a part of a great, great body of believers. Okay, that's the first thing. And I also want you to know or remind you that you have great leadership here at this church. All of the staff, everybody is. I met Pastor Tom and Alice at in Faustin, Minnesota, the same time that I met Pastor Derek, so it's been nearly 30 years, and have thoroughly enjoyed my friendship with them, my wife and I, and I, it is just really an honor to be here. I'm sorry that Pastor Tom wasn't here so we could hang out and goof around a little bit, but he is off doing God's work, and that is good, and I'm just really, really honored, honored to be here this morning. So, if you know me, you know that I really love to just goof off and have a good time. I always try to have a little, a, a bit of an appropriate balance to it. But today, we're going to have some fun tonight. Today, though, I feel that God has put a very, very clear word on my heart for this church, for this day. And I just don't want to take away from that at all. I want to jump into it so that we have time to let God do what God wants to do today. So I don't want to interfere with his way and his time. So I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're going to jump into it, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for City Church. We thank you for this day that you've given us to rejoice and be glad in you. We thank you for the favor of all the people here. We thank you for Pastor Tom and the leadership staff here. I pray for Tom as he is off ministering. I ask protection over him, and I ask that you fill him with your spirit and your word. Lord, I believe that there is a timely word that you have for every one of us, myself included, in this room today. I pray, God, that nothing would distract from this. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open, that you would have your way, and you would do something great and life-changing in each one of us. Lord, meet us here today. May we each have our own personal encounter with you. And God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to start by asking you a question. And I want you to take a little bit of a, a mental inventory of your life. Here is the question. Ask yourself, who have been the most influential people in your life up to this point? Okay, you don't have to say anything out loud. I just want you to think about this. Do a little inventory. Who has been the most influential people in your life? Getting the thoughts going? Okay, now let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. I'm going to help narrow it down. The most influential person in your life is the one you have not forgiven. Let me say that again. The most influential person in your life is the one you have not forgiven. And you know why they're so influential? Because they take up so much time and so much thought space up here. 
Because that person, that person you have allowed them, you've allowed them to help adjust your attitude. You've allowed them to steal joy. You've allowed them to uh, have this imprisonment for you in your own mind. You've allowed them to have this influence upon you that maybe you didn't ask for or want, but it just so happens that they greatly influence your life. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about the power of forgiveness. See, I titled this message today, Forgiveness is Forgiving. Okay? Forgiveness is forgiving. It's for the purpose of giving. Now, what I want to start with this morning is why it's important for us to forgive. Why forgive? Now, you know, you might have your Bible and you might read it every day and you might hear about forgiveness and all this, and, and, and yet somewhere along the way, the power and purpose of forgiveness has slipped by you. And so I want to cover the reasons we should forgive, and then I want to go over the reasons we choose not to forgive, and then we'll wrap it up in the end. Reasons we should forgive. Number one, it's a command of God. God commands us to forgive. It is not a suggestion. He doesn't say, hey, you know what? I mean, if you feel like it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you get the goosebumps and you just feel like, okay, all right. No, he says forgive. Now, this is one we just can't get around. We can't get around the fact that we are commanded to forgive. I want to look at a couple of scriptures here. I want to start with Colossians chapter 3. Chapter three. We're going to look at verse 13. So if you want to look at Colossians 3.13, let me read a quote from C.S. Lewis as we're preparing to go into Scripture. C.S. Lewis says this, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. That is what it is to be a Christian. You know, we have these ideas of what it means to be a Christian. Forgiveness is at the very core, the very center of the Christian faith. Because you could not profess to be a Christian or a believer in Christ if you yourself had not been forgiven by Christ. Okay? So it's very central in the entire message. So Colossians 3.13, the Apostle Paul says this. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Okay? Bear with each other. Do you know why it's so important that we gather together as a church? It's, it's not just so we can have a room full of people, although that's really nice. This is, this is great. And I, I, I know that there are things that, that, there are other things maybe you could be doing today that you're, you're kind of, well, this is off my checkoff list. One of the most important reasons that we gather together is so we can work out the word of God in our life together because it takes the togetherness to do it. It's not the idea of being a monk where you take the word of God, you get a bowl of Rice Krispies and then you hide out for however many years and just keep it to yourself that doesn't do any good. But when you take the word of God and you apply it in your life, the way you apply it is through relationship. So with that said, I want to encourage everyone that's home watching this right now. I understand that some people cannot make it. I understand that circumstances, circumstances have made it to where maybe you're not able to come here in person. 
First of all, if you can't come here in person, I am sorry about that. If you can, though, first of all, you're missing out on some great seats and a really new remodel they've done here. Secondly, when you stay at home, you cannot experience the thoroughness of God's word. So I want to encourage you to come and be here live. But he says, bear with each other. When you're together, you learn things about together. You ever, you ever been really close to someone and then you moved in with them? And then you're like, God, they're not really what I thought. Marriage is the greatest opportunity for forgiveness. It's the greatest opportunity to work things out because you know the buttons for each one of you. You know the things that make your partner upset. You know how to get to them and you also know how to hurt them. Forgiveness is key in marriage. It's interesting, we had the, uh, I almost call it the orange team, the Belize team up here, and they're all heading, that's a big team. They're heading out on, a, out on a missions. And, you know, one of the things that we love to tell people going on missions is missions will change your life because what it does is it gives you the experience of a different culture. It lets you see what you have at home and what other people don't have. And anytime you are out serving in the name of the Lord, it does something to you because it's doing something for the others that are receiving. When I was pastoring, I always added an extra dimension in there, and I said, the other thing with going on a big missions trip like this is it will teach you Colossians 3.13, to bear with one another when the others are driving you crazy. So you can get out of way from town when you first get to the airport and you leave. It all sounds fun. It's fun. You're having a good time on the flight. And then you get down there and you're dealing with bugs and then you're dealing with things and you're dealing with other stuff. And then maybe you don't like the food or whatever the case is. And then you get on each other's nerves. I did a trip. I'm not going to tell you where it is because if any of those people in my past are watching, they'll know I'm talking about them. <laughs> and I don't want them to know I'm talking about them. I was on a trip. I took a team, a large team, to another country. And by the end of the two weeks, we really needed to memorize Colossians 3.13. <laughs> and I remember as a leader, we got to the airport to fly home. And I went up to the ticketing counter. And I said to the team, why don't you guys just wait here? I'll take care of it so it's not so many of us up there. You know, Let me take care of it, and I'll come back with our seating arrangements. So I get up to the counter, and I... Say to the lady behind the counter, yeah, I'm here with this team of 15. She's like, oh, great. And she, you know, she types it in. She goes, oh, perfect. I think we can get you all together. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and, and I think I did it a little too abruptly. Like I had to back off a little bit, you know. I'm like, no, what I mean is if it's a problem, we're okay. You know, you can move us around. Whatever. Oh, no, I don't think it's a problem. Okay, move me around, okay? Put me <laughs> somewhere and, you know, I'm passing the tickets around. Everyone's like, oh, oh, Brett, you're by yourself. Ah, you know, that's the way it is as a leader. You just. <laughs> it's lonely at the top. You know what I mean? It... But I want you to look at that last part of Colossians 3.13. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, he doesn't just say forgive one another, although he does before that. He tags it with, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Have you been forgiven? Have you walked in God's forgiveness? Do you know what it's like to mess up and then have that load taken off of you? 
because you were created to now pass that on. If you jump down to Ephesians chapter 4, Paul continues in Ephesians. He says in verse 30, Ephesians 4.30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, but get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, I want you to see that last line again. I want you to pay close attention. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, when it comes to forgiveness, you can sit here and, and you can go, you have no idea what I've been through, and I, don't, I, I, I can't forgive this person, I won't forgive this person, but yet you want to selfishly walk this earth being forgiven. And I'm putting myself in the same category, so don't think I'm just sitting here throwing arrows at you. We have a tendency to like the receiving part of it. We just don't like the giving part of it. And here's the thing. You might sit there and go, well, yeah, but that's what God does. I mean, God forgives. That's, that's his business. That's what he does. I'm human. Yes, you are human, but you also need to understand something. The basis that God is asking you to forgive someone is the very same basis that he is using to forgive you. You see, God does not forgive you because he loves you. I want you to think about that for a second. God doesn't forgive you because he loves you. God forgives you in Christ for what Christ did for you. You see, now you can sit there and go, well, wait a minute, I thought God loved everyone. Oh, God does. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Yes, but not everyone on this earth, even though they're loved by God, not everyone is walking in his forgiveness. Not everyone has turned to Christ and accepted personally through faith what he did on the cross by paying their debt. And so it's not, God is not basing his forgiveness to you on his love for you. He is basing his forgiveness to you on what Christ did for you and are you in Christ or not? You see what I'm saying? So when you say, well, I can't forgive God's God, that's what he does, but I'm a human, same, same uh, rules. He's saying, as I have forgiven you through Christ, now I'm asking you to forgive others through Christ. And you might sit there and go, well, yeah, but, you know, that's not fair. Forgiveness isn't fair. If you want God to be fair, then we should all pack our bags and go to hell right now. Because none of us deserve heaven. And it's not fair. The fact that God forgave me on what Jesus did for me, that's not fair. I should be paying that. But God's not fair. He comes in and he does it for us and he forgives us through Christ. And so when you say, well, it's not fair what they did to me, well, I'm not saying it is fair. God's not saying it's fair. But we are called to forgive. So, second reason we are to forgive. It's the heart of God. 
This is what God's all about. Do you realize that this book, the Bible, the story of the Bible from beginning to end is about forgiveness? Forgiveness is the center of it. Redeeming what was lost, redeeming mankind for what was lost is the very message of this book. So forgiveness is the heart of God. It's the language of heaven. And we can sit here and we can pray, um, God, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Do you really, really mean that? Because if you want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, then you need to start passing out forgiveness from the heart because it is the heart of the gospel. It is the heart of God. We are to forgive because forgiveness is a mark of spiritual maturity. You will never grow beyond your capacity to forgive. You might sit here and you might go, man, yeah, I'm feeling really good about where I'm at with God and blah, blah, blah. But if you are not forgiving your neighbor, you are not growing in the Lord. You might be tricking yourself and you might be deceiving the people around you. See, this is the thing with forgiveness that's so funny. We can hide it. We can disguise it. There might be right now in this room, there might be someone on this side that can't stand someone on this side. And over here, you're like, well, why'd you pick this side? I don't know. It was just, okay. You might be sitting over here, and the reason you're sitting over here is because they're over here. In fact, you actually really enjoyed the COVID situation because you liked wearing a mask because you didn't want to see their face. And you enjoyed social distancing because that means you don't have to be around them. And you're sitting over there, and yet you look holy, and you seem holy to those around you. Maybe you even teach a class. Maybe you're even a leader, whatever the case is. But you know, and God knows, that deep in your heart, there is resentment toward that person. And deep in your heart, there is this unforgiveness, and it just is eating you up, and your response is to just not be around them and not deal with it. This is why it's important for the church to gather on a regular basis. We have got to break those walls down. Everything Jesus did for us, are you kidding me? We're going to allow things like this to get in our way, get in his way of doing things. You have got to grow spiritually. You should be able to look back at the end of this year in December and see how you have grown this year. And if you can't, something's wrong. And I'll tell you what, unforgiveness will stunt your growth. I was doing yard work a year ago, and... uh, we, I live in Washington State, you know, rains a lot, got a lot of weeds, all that stuff. And I'm out there doing my yard work, and we have ivy, and I can't stand ivy. I mean, ivy looks pretty cool on someone else's house, but when it comes to my yard, ivy just can go crazy, right? And so I saw some ivy, and I bent down, and I, I went to pull the ivy. Well, it was much deeper than I had anticipated, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I pulled it, and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed something. A bush moved on the other side of my yard, and I have a pretty big yard, when I pulled this, and I looked over and I was like, what? And I tried it again. And so now, I don't know if my neighbors saw me, but I was out there like, what? <laughs> like seeing if it would do, and every time I pulled that, it moved this bush down there. I'm like, how in the world can this be connected to that? I was so shocked. And yet in our life, Things are connected to unforgiveness that you never knew. You have unforgiveness in your heart, and it's connected to something over here that you've really wanted, but you're not going to get that until this is dealt with. 
And you see, there are things, when it comes to resentment and unforgiveness, if you would deal with that, you would find freedom in other areas of your life that you didn't know were even connected. And you might be walking around, you might have come in here today, and you've blocked off some certain areas in your life, but you keep praying to God for this over here. God, I want this to happen. I want you to use me. I want this, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, maybe right now, the light is coming on that if you deal with the unforgiveness, you're going to get these other things that you've always wanted. You see, if you forgive, it will grow in several areas of your life. Just as forgiveness brings life and vitality, so the opposite of truth is true. Unforgiveness brings spiritual disability and death as it will kill you. You know, forgiveness grows you as a believer because it is the heart of God. Forgiveness is a form of his love. It's his giving out. But forgiveness is hard. In fact, I'm convinced that that's one of the reasons it's talked about so much in the Bible is because it just doesn't come naturally to us. I've been hurt many times in my life. I've had, listen, you know what I say to people every time I'm speaking? I always say, look, you can know this. Whatever I'm speaking on, I've either been through it, I'm going through it, or I know I'm going to go through it. And I can tell you it's all three. Well, actually, I can't, there's not any area right now that I can think of that, that has a hold on me for this. But just give me a few days. I'm sure I'll think of something. I've been through it, and I know I'm going to go through it, and I've been hurt. I've had people say things about me that aren't true. I've had people do things to me that were hurtful. I remember this one time. I won't get into the details of what it was, but someone really offended me. They really hurt me. They did something that was really, really tough. Now, by the way, if I were to share all the details with you, some of you in this room might go, oh, well, that's nothing. I've been through this. Well, when it's your own thing, it's something, right? We can't sit here and, and compare. But by the way, here's the other thing. You may think things are little, but if you don't take care of those little things, they turn into big things. But someone did something to me, hurt me really bad. I came in to the house. I sat on my bed. I was so hurt. I was mad. I was confused. I, I, more hurt than anything, but I sat on my bed, and my wife came down. She closed the door, and she just sat on the bed next to me, and she just rubbed my back. And she says, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. And then she said to me, you know what? Maybe this is going to be another God story in your life. She you love your spouse. <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be vulnerable here and show you the, how mature I was at this time. Maybe this will be another God story in your life. I jump up and I go, a God story? <laughs> I don't want another God story. I'm sick of God. Why am I always the one with a God story? Oh, I have to have a horrible day so that someone else can learn from me. I am sick and tired of being, how about you have a God story? How about someone else has a God story? Why do I always have to have the God story? I don't want a God story. Now, someone's applauding, but my wife was not at the time. Her eyes got so big, she looked at me, she grabbed the door, and she said, I'm just going to leave now. Let you have some time with God. Now, it was about 15 years ago when this happened. 
This has become a great God story. And I'll tell you why. It was one of the most difficult times I've ever had of forgiving someone. And it was hard. And I had to work really hard. And it did not come overnight. And I had to work every day at forgiving this person for what they had done to me. And when I would hear their name and when I would, oh. And it turned into a God story because I have forgiven them. We have reconciled. And things are great. And there's such a freedom in there now. But it was hard. And with that said, I, I want to say here's some reasons we choose not to forgive. We choose not to forgive because we want them to hurt as much as they hurt us. You're going to hurt me? Fine, I'm going to hurt you back. The problem is, is a lot of times the one that hurt us, us not forgiving them is not hurting them back. They're off doing their own life, their thing. We're the ones sitting here imprisoned by it right? And we want them to hurt just like us. And I want to tell you something. You, you, may, you may have gone through a horrific experience that I could never relate to. So please don't think I'm up here pointing a finger at you. Please don't think I'm belittling what you've gone through. I am not. That's why I said even small things can be big things, but big things, they're big things. And I'm not, I'm not belittling any horrific experience or hurtful experience you've ever had. You might have a right to be hurt. You might have a right to be angry, but you do not have a right to not forgive. God doesn't give you that right because, because Scripture says that you were bought at a price and you are no longer your own. If you're sitting here today and you are a professing Christian and you say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and I am serving him, please know that is more than just a ticket to heaven. When you say he's my Lord, you are saying, I am no longer my own. I no longer do it my way. I submit to him, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't like it, I need to do it his way because he is Lord. He is my master. And so we live a life of submission to him. And in this life of submission, it says, I don't have a choice. I need to forgive because my commander in chief tells me you need to forgive. But God, but God, there may be hurt. There may be anger. It's, it's human of you. It's natural of you to be hurt. It's natural of you to be angry. But it's supernatural for you to forgive. And you have to make a decision today. Am I going to walk in the natural or am I going to walk in the supernatural? And I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the supernatural. That's where I want to dwell. That's where I want to be. This is an old, old saying, but it's so perfect. To not forgive someone is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. If you're holding on to something and you are refusing to forgive someone, it is like you drinking a bunch of poison and going, okay, now we'll see. <laughs> and you're the one that's dying on the inside, not them. We don't forgive because it feels like if we did forgive them, it would be like validating what they've done and letting them off the hook. And I want to tell you it's the complete opposite. If you forgive them, you are declaring there was something that needed to be forgiven. Do you see what I'm saying? You're not acting like it didn't happen. Don't, look, God's not asking you to be fake, 
You're not pretending it didn't happen. You're not pretending you're not hurt. You are making a willful choice saying, I am hurt. That hurt me a lot. But I need to forgive you because he's telling me I need to forgive you. Forgiveness, uh, Ruth Bell Graham says this, forgiveness isn't fair. It is holy. It's not fair. It's holy. And we are called to be holy. Unforgiveness is not a lesser sin than what they did to you. Do you hear what I'm saying? So they've hurt you, and now you feel like you have every right to not forgive them because they're bad. But you're being just as bad by not forgiving them. Does that make sense? You, you, you somehow wrote your own rules in all of this. You've somehow said, well, okay, the Bible's okay, but let me tell you my rules. And we treat the Bible like it's a menu at a smorgasbord. Sometimes we go into, like, we're going to a buffet. Oh, I have this. Ooh, I don't like that. I'll have this. Oh, I don't want that. Look, this is the word of God. Are you a Christian? Because if you're a Christian, this is your standard to live by. This is what God is calling you to do. We choose not to forgive because it's too difficult. And we say, I can't do it. I can't do it. When this person hurt me, I went for so many long walks. I was so hurt. I was so angry. I was so confused why God would even allow it. All this stuff. But it boiled down to, are you willing to forgive? And I can tell you 15 years later, that was one of the greatest experiences I've had because I learned forgiveness through it. We don't like difficult circumstances. We don't like difficult things. But it's in those difficulties that we often grow the most. And we can say, okay, now I know. Now I know what it's like. I can stand up here with you today and say, I know it's hard. Are you kidding me? It's hard. I forgave him on Sunday and again on Monday and again on Tuesday. And I just had to keep doing it. And every time I did it, I was, tr- I was being sincere as far as I knew. But all of a sudden, a new thought would creep up. It's interesting. We say it's too difficult. Luke chapter 17 has one of my favorite little stories, verse 3 through 4. Jesus says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, seven times, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Okay, listen to how, verse 5, how the apostles replied. The apostles said to the Lord with exclamation mark, increase our faith. (laughs) Do you know that this is the only time in the Bible that the apostles ever asked Jesus to increase their faith? We're talking about guys that one time walked along and said, you want me to call fire from out of heaven and burn these people up? Because I could do it. (laughs) They had no problem with faith with that. Cast out demons, no problem with faith with that. Heal somebody, no problem. Oh, I got faith. Yeah, be healed in Jesus' name. Forgive somebody more than once? Are you kidding? You've got to increase my faith because there is no way. No way. But isn't that true? We believe God for the salvation of our soul at the end of life. Think about this. As a believer, you are trusting God to take your invisible spirit and take you to heaven forever and ever. 
but trusting him to help you forgive someone, you're like, okay, now you're pushing the line. (laughs) Here's what I can say to you today, and this is what I believe is the word of the Lord for us. You need to stop. You need to stop making excuses. You need to stop hiding it. You need to stop covering it with other things. I am 100% convinced that there are people in this room that have something to forgive and someone to forgive, and you have been just resisting. Maybe there's even more reasons than I listed. You are resisting. You don't feel like you can do this. But listen, if you say, I can't do it, you are, you are not tapping into the power of God for forgiveness. You are saying, you are basically saying, God couldn't do this through me. He's not asking you to do it on your own. He's saying, I'm going to do this through you, but you've got to forgive. You have got to be willing. And let me tell you, it's been too long. You've held on to this too long. You have stunted your growth as a believer. You have deceived yourself. You have, you have been in this pain, and, and, and I'm going to say this with a smile because I don't want you to think I'm bringing judgment on you, and I don't want you to think I'm being mean today. Here's the smile. Are you ready? God wants you to be free. He wa- it's, it's not just about letting someone off. You're not letting, he'll deal with them, and he deals with them way better than you could ever deal with them. He wants you to experience freedom. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This person is so influential in your life because they have, you have allowed them to steal your joy, steal your vision. And Jesus said, but I have come to bring life and life abundantly. God wants you to be free so you can live abundantly. And you could sit here and you could say, yeah, but you have no idea what I've been through. I don't. I don't. I know what I went through to forgive. I have personal friends that have been through way worse than me. Molested, things like that. And they have forgiven. So I'm not saying these examples to rub it in your face. I'm saying it's possible because I've seen it. I've seen people hurt like I've never been hurt before actually walk in freedom because they forgave. There was a police officer, his name was Stephen McDonald, this is back in 1986, police officer in New York City. A teenager shot him while he was in Central Park and the incident left him paralyzed for life. And here's what he said. I forgave the shooter because I believe the only thing worse than receiving a bullet in my spine would have been to nurture revenge in my heart. All I'm saying is it is possible. You keep saying I can't. You know, a lot of people say this book is all about the things you can't do. It's a complete opposite. That's a lie. This book is about all things you can do. And you can even forgive the worst offender in your life. Now, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is saying I am releasing you from holding this over you anymore It is saying, I'm not going to count this against you anymore. But forgiveness is not forgetting. You don't lose your mind, right? You don't lose your mind. Nowhere in here does it say the moment you forgive, God wipes away your memory. But let those memories work for you, not against you. When those memories pop up, you can say, God, 
that's a reminder. Thank you for the forgiveness you have given me, and thank you for helping me forgive them, and I give them to you. Some people struggle because they say, well, no one's come back and asked me for forgiveness, so I'm not going to forgive, or, or the person I need to forgive has passed away, or, but I'm still holding. Listen, forgiveness takes one. It takes you. It's a choice. It's a, it's a matter of the will. Do I forgive? Reconciliation takes two. Reconciling that relationship, coming together and starting all over again, that takes both of you. But forgiveness, it takes one. You can't wait for them to make the first move. Sometimes you say, well, I'm, unless, they move, unless they come to me, I'm not. That's ridiculous. It's not scriptural. It's not God's heart. It's not the language of heaven. Make the first move. I'm going to call our worship team up at this time as I begin to close. I want you to understand something. I know it's hard. In fact, I would be willing to say that forgiveness is probably the hardest thing I've ever done because it goes so deep. It goes really deep. It's a process, and you may sincerely, with all your heart, forgive someone today. And tomorrow morning, some new thoughts or new feelings might arise. And just like the old whack-a-mole games, every time that feeling right, you need to whack it with the truth of God's word. And you need to say, God, I'm not going to allow this to hold me in bondage again. I'm not going to allow this to imprison me again. I'm going to walk in the freedom of Christ. I'm going to walk. I'm going to forgive because Christ forgave me. That's the standard. God forgave me in Christ so I need to forgive others in Christ. How could, conceited could I be to say, I deserve your forgiveness, God, the holy righteous one, but I refuse to give it to them when I am simply righteous in you. You see, we are forgiven through Christ. Don't let the cobwebs grow. See the bigger picture. See the bigger picture. Remember when Joseph was abused by his brothers and sold into slavery and all that and he was just doing the right. He was just doing what his dad said. He's doing what God told him. And he went through all this stuff. And then he finds his brothers years later, years later. And Joseph is head of the land in Egypt. His brothers were freaked out that, oh no, he's going to get revenge on us. And remember what he said? What you meant for evil, God meant for good. You didn't send me here, God sent me here for you. Because he saw the big picture. And the big picture for you is freedom. The big picture for you is God not only can use this story, he will use this story. So will you stand to your feet with me today? I'm going to close in prayer. And I'm going to encourage you today. If you are really, really struggling with forgiveness, I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you just need some alone time up here to pray. But really... Don't use the prayer time as an excuse to push it off even further. Because sometimes we can hide even in prayer. Like, well, I'll just pray about it one more day. And then, look, if you know there's someone you need to forgive, if you know there's someone that you need to reconcile with, I would say don't even come up. Get on the phone, get in your car, go across the room, whatever you have to do. But you make things right now. Let's not let the enemy beat us at this game. Let's not let him get a foothold of us. Let's forgive. Let's break those walls down. Let's do and be what God has called us to do and be. We can do it, not on our own, but in Christ. So Father, I thank you for your word. 
I thank you for City Church, and I thank you for the power to forgive. It is so hard, and it is a process. Lord, I pray that you, that work that you began in our heart a long time ago, you would carry it on to completion. I pray that forgiveness is given here today and forgiveness is received. I pray, Lord, that your will is done in this room as it is in heaven. So, Father, thank you for your forgiveness and help us pass it on. In Jesus' name, amen.